welcome to another episode of the Fish and Coach Show. My name is Brandon Fisher. This is Coach Ratner. Today we're going to get a little special preview of Coach's upcoming book. It's going to be the fifth book you've written. Yes, it is. Fifth book. Yeah. Wow. Called Never Leaving the Four Phases of Love. That's right. You know, I wrote, originally I wrote a dating book and a marriage book. And they're both very good books, but I'm a much better writer now than I was, you know, a few years ago because I just keep writing nonstop. So I decided to rewrite them with a new theme. There's some similar ideas in them, but it really it's a whole new theme that love, how do you, this is called are you in love? Like how do you know you're in love? So love, I put it into like four different phases of love. The four phases are, number one is called the crush phase. Or you can say, you know, infatuation. This is when you start dating someone and you see them and you like the way they look and you had a great time. You go home, you're all giddy. Everything they do is absolutely perfect. perfect. I love this person. You think you're in love, whatever. It's really the crush phase, which is fine. There's nothing wrong with the crush phase. We all should go through it. And then the, the second phase is called the research phase. This is when you've gone on a few dates, one or two or three dates. And you said, you know what? This person's worth continuing seeing. And I now want to do the research to find out and gather enough information to find out if I should continue and go to the next phase, which is the commitment phase. The commitment phase. This phase, you can say, well, it's marriage, but it doesn't have to be marriage. It can be if you're the kind of person that doesn't want to get married, it can be like a long-term relationship. It can be whatever your definition of commitment is, but generally it's going to lead to marriage. And this is where you decide, you know what? I'm now ready. I am now taking myself off the market. Even actually the research phase, you can decide I'm off the market. I'm not seeing anyone right now. I'm going to focus on this one person mm-hmm. and I'm going to commit to them whether it's marriage or not. Okay. And then that's what most people do. They get married, they fall in love, they get married, and that, that, that's what happens. But as we know, which we've discussed many times, that 60% of marriages today end up in what? Divorce. In divorce. And out of the other 40% that don't get divorced, how many are happy? How many are happy, right? right. We know it's, let's say, half at best. That means you have less than a one in five chance of having a happy marriage if you get married today. Wow. Right, so just because you made it to the commitment phase doesn't mean it's going to last. This is where we're going to get to the last phase. It's called never leaving because this is the phase where you've already been married for a long time. It's the, it's, it's the phase where you are set in life. You know nothing is going to come between you and your spouse. You're done. You're not looking at somebody else. You're not wishing you married somebody else. You're not regretting. You're not thinking about divorce. In fact, it's the level where you just everything's perfect in life. Like, because you have a great relationship with your spouse. And you're not worried about other things. You're not worried about out, there. Be, uh, out there. I want to be with somebody else. My wife's not making me happy. Her husband's not making me happy. Whatever it is, you're done. You're done. You're done with the whole thing. It's like, because people get married, unfortunately, today, and they always have in the back of their mind, you know, if this doesn't work out, I can get divorced and marry somebody else. So that's the difference of the commitment and the never leaving. Because commitment, everyone, I mean, anyone can get married. That's not hard to do. And anyone can commit to anything for a short enough. And, and you're only committed to certain things until you're not committed anymore. Uh-huh. For example, you've been committed to, you know, working out. How many people have been committed to working out? And then what happens? You, you don't stick with you it. You don't stick with it. So you're not committed anymore. Or right. a sports team or a boyfriend or a girlfriend. I'm committed to this, bro- this girlfriend. And then suddenly you're not committed anymore. So commitment only lasts so, so, so long until you're not committed. So let's get back to the beginning of the crush phase. How do you know when it's a crush or infatuation? Like, how do you know when it goes from the crush to that you're actually real in love? Like, do you know what the difference is between infatuation and love? 
at the crush phase, they feel they, it feels like they look similar. Well, they are similar, but the difference is infatuation means that that person has something that you want, uh, which means it's a it's a really a chemical byproduct in the brain, a brain in the brain in the brain that they have something you want. Now the difference is with love, love, and I'm going to give you two definitions here. One is the feeling of love, and one is my definition of love. I broke it down into two because I feel like there's. It's, it's a, such a big thing in our life. It's such a heavy thing that one definition is going to do it. So the feeling of love, and by the way, I'm going to tell you, you don't have to agree with me, but if you're going to be in a relationship with someone and you've gotten to the phase of research or commitment, you better have a, a, the same definition as the person you're going to be with. Interesting. Because this is a, a big issue in why so many relationships go sour because people go into a relationship and they have different definitions of the same term. So give us examples. No, for example, so example, for someone, like for example, the word marriage. Now, what's your definition of marriage? The only thing that you have that you know about marriage is from where your parents were. Maybe you were in a previous marriage or maybe you saw a friend's marriage, but generally it's from what your parents have. So your parents have a dysfunctional marriage. That's your definition of marriage. You have, you have nothing to base it on. And it's the same thing with love. If your parents were married and had a poor loving relationship, you don't know what love is. You don't know what a loving relationship is. Wow. What, are you, what are you going to base it on? Right. Right. Disney? And that's the problem. The bachelor? The, the ba- yeah, how does that work out? Right? Right. How many marriages do those last? I, I think they're a little worse than the 60%. Right. They're probably a lot worse. I'd I like to see that sad actually on The Bachelor, <laughs> which most people go on The Bachelor and Bachelorette really not to find love. It's really just to get on TV and increase their social media and make it – because most of those people are just actors and actors just trying to – trying to make it into the acting world, you know? They're all waiters uh, working at, um, you know... It's a pretty big break. It's a big break, but they're all working at restaurants in, in L.A. trying to make a break or get on commercials, and they get less TV. It's a, it's a TV show. You know, you're getting, you're getting uh, exposure. Anyway, so uh, what were you just talking about? Oh. We were talking about crush. To crush. Infatuation. Infatuation. <laughs> so real love, the feeling of love, is the feeling of wanting to give to somebody else without getting anything in return. Mm-hmm. The feeling of love is wanting to give to somebody else without getting anything in return. It's the wanting, the longing to give. To give, to give to them. You don't need you you love them because you want to give to them. If you have children, you know you give and you give and give to them. What do you get in return? You, you know, you get uh, dirty diapers and you get crazy teenagers. That's what you get. But ultimately, what do you want for your kids when you have kids? Now, I know you don't have kids, but for those out there who do have kids, what do you want from kids? I know we're going to make this baseline. You want to be happy. You want to be healthier. You want to be richer. You want them to have a great marriage and great kids. You want all that stuff. That's the baseline for your what you want from your kids, which is not for yourself. That's for them, right? right. Personally, you don't want. There is one thing you do want. You know what that is? What do you want? A relationship. Mm-hmm. That's all you want. You're not gonna. I don't, I don't go to my son when he turns 22 years old or 21 years old. Say, like, son, you know, I've raised you for 21 years. It's been a lot of money. I've itemized all your expenses for 21 years, and you owe me 373 thousand 222 dollars and 17 cents. You can pay me over 10 years uh, without interest. No, I don't do that. I don't want that for my son. No way. Does any? I'm, I've heard people doing this, but I don't know if it's true. Is that true? Do you think anyone does that? I. I I hope not. Right. I, you I've don't heard want, that they repay by going to college and then you pay for your kids' college. Right. Whatever. My point is, you don't want that from your kids. You only want one thing, and that's a relationship. And you know how you do that? 
by giving and giving and giving to them, you want nothing back. And that's what real love is. Right. When you fu- know you're in love, it's when you want to get to them, and you don't want anything back. Now, of course, a relationship's not like that. It's not going to last very long if you don't get anything back. You want them to give them, do the, their, them to love you back. Right. This is, you know, this is why I, one of the three questions which we had a pre- previous podcast on is, is before you get married, you have to ask this question, am I willing to make this person happy the rest of my life? Mm-hmm. Because when you make them happy, they'll make you happy. Oh, that's really good. Right? Can you be fooled into believing that you're getting a gift in the crush phase? And you're like, I don't really want anything back. I guess you'd find out very quickly based on the You price. find all the, tr- you know, the truth in relationships, like anything in life, the truth always eventually comes out. Mm-hmm. You know, if you know if someone's faking it or it's not really involved emotionally, their heart's not into a relationship, it's going to come out. You can only hide that kind of, you know, there was a TV show, I think it's, I don't know if it's still on anymore, called Survivor. Do you ever watch right. The Survivor? Uh, I we, still, we, we used to love it when it first came on early, I don't know, 20 years ago, I can't remember. So the thing about that show, you always have people come on the show, they're there on the island for like 30 40 days, I think. And they come on and they always try to hide their, like if they have a bad personality or they have some issues, they always try to hide it. Like uh-huh. if they, especially if they have anger or they have mistrust or they, whatever it is, or, or jealousy. <laughs> Little did they know they were selected because of their Right, and, and they go on, they try to hide their, their issues and it usually lasts for like a day and a half and eventually everyone like feel, realize like, oh yeah, this, this guy's got anger, this guy's got jealousy, this guy. Uh-huh. And they can't hide it. We live with, especially when you're living with someone, you can't hide these things. You can for a short while, but on an island like that, that, that it all comes out. And the same thing with relationship. Everything comes out. So if you're faking love, you're faking the fact that you love someone or giving to them because you want nothing back, it, that, it's going to be, you know, unless the other person's got such low self-esteem that they don't care anyway. They just want someone to be in their life. Right. Which, which is some other case. Anyway, so we did the, the that definition of love. I'm sorry, we did the feeling of love, which is wanting to give without anything in return. The definition of love is the emotional pleasure you feel when you focus on someone's virtues and you associate them with those virtues. I'll say it again because it's really important. Yeah, that's a big one. Say it again. It's the emotional pleasure you feel when when you associate with someone's virtues. So which means, I'll put it in a simple way. Everyone's crazy, so you better figure out why you fell in love in the first place, and you better focus on that. So you're actually remembering back to that initial crush phase. Well, what what was about them that you fell in love? With? What was about you? Have to be able to clarify why do I love this person? No, seriously, right. you have to, I, you, I, and, I and totally some agree. people can't say it because they don't know, and you really want to clarify. You want to have clarity on what you're doing, why you're dating, why right. you're in love with them, why you're in love with them because there's something about them. It is so important because. It happens with everything, yeah. not relationships, but for sure in relationships, it's the most clear. You're like, that you're, you end up three months later, four months, two years, and you're like, why? What you love about that person <laughs> has changed or faded, or it's not as apparent. It's not as apparent because you stop focusing on it. The, 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 the same thing's still there. Whatever They made you laugh. Uh, like from my instance, that, that when I, you know, I I married my wife, of course I married my wife because she's my wife because <laughs> she had a, she was emotionally grounded. She came from parents that were emotionally grounded. Mm-hmm. She's emotionally grounded. She loves my sense of humor, so I can make her laugh really easily, which makes that connection really good. Uh, she understands me. I understand her. We have the same long term. We didn't, but we did eventually gain the same long term common goals in life, meaningful goals. And my job in my life is to make my wife happy. And therefore, it's her job now. It's not her job, but because she, 
It's not her job, but... It should be pretty automatic if It's automatic because I make her happy. happy. She knows what makes me happy. She wants to make me happy. It's not done. Now, listen, we talked before about buying flowers in a different previous podcast right. that, that I buy my flowers for my wife because I know it makes her happy. I don't care about flowers. I don't, I, I don't do it for me. I do it for her. I mm-hmm. do it to make her happy. I'm going out of my way. I'm leaving the house. I'm walking to the floors. I'm picking up flowers because I know it makes her happy. And she knows that I'm going out of my way doing it, and I don't really care about it. She knows that. But she doesn't uh, do it for her. Therefore, she's going to want to give to me. I love that. Okay. So that's all how you know that it's past the crush phase. That, that is the, the, the crush phase is the initial, like I said, first few dates you go on. Okay. Now, we're, not, we're talking about love because you have to have a common definition of love, even if you don't like my definition, in order to get the commitment phase, right? If you don't, you're going to have issues. It always comes up later on, well, we had different different. different we had different definitions of the word marriage and love. Well, yeah, because it's going to be an issue. Well, it might be an issue for a few years, might be five years, ten years, whatever it is, but it comes out eventually. What are some of the inaccurate definitions of marriage that you have heard? Uh, a, a, a partnership. A partnership. What's, what's a partnership? Two people who work together. For a common goal. For That's common right. Goal. Which is fine that be in partnership with your spouse, but it shouldn't be the main purpose. A partnership generally means... Like we're in a partnership, right? right. We're, we're doing a podcast together and I need Brandon to help me do a podcast. And he needs me. We could do it on our own, but it might not be as good, right? Right. Together. We so together achieve we're achieving a goal. Now what happens in a partnership in business? Same thing. I have an idea. He has the money. I need his money to, for me to fulfill my goals. But guess what happens? After five, 10 years, we become successful. I get a lot of money. I learn the whole business. He learns the idea. Guess what? I don't need him anymore. So what happens to most partnerships in business? They change. They end. They end. They end up in court usually is what they end up suing each other because one partner doesn't feel like the other partner is doing his fair share. Mm-hmm. And it's very true. Now, in a relationship, in a marriage, how do you put a value on certain things? Like in a partnership, I know I'm coming with the idea. I'm coming with some, maybe some business acumen. He's got the money. Maybe he's got some business sense and business and, and some skills. And we're going to try to work together to work it out so we have a fair share. It's but, built on balancing each other out. Balancing. The, but if I'm doing 70% of the work and he's only doing 30%, I, how do I feel? Horrible. Horrible. You're not holding your window to the Now, what, what happens in a marriage when, I'm doing, when I feel like I'm doing 70% of the work and he's doing 30% of the work? The problem is you can't put a percentage on raising kids. You can't put a percentage on giving love. You can't put a percentage on what it means to go out and raise, to, to make money and bring it home and support your family and put the time into your family. You, it's too hard. It's, it's too out there to be able to put a percentage on it. So like, if you, if you look at it as a partnership, you're going to have a hard time mm-hmm. because you're always going to feel like one person's not doing their share. Someone's going to feel like that all the time if right. you look at it as a partnership. Very, so that's very, what it's not. Good. It's not a partnership. Okay. Although you all have a common goal. And then what's your common goal? Hopefully it's more than to raise children. We're going to get into all sorts of things like that. Maybe not today. So we talked about love. We talked about the, the definition of love. And we talked about the feeling of love. Now, what's the research stage? The research stage is after you've gone on a number of dates and you feel like, you know what? I want to investigate this person more. I want to find out what makes them tick. Uh, do they ha- have any hidden red flags? That's a big thing. You're looking for right. like... You know, anger issues or the fact that maybe they were a, a mass murderer one time. Whatever it is. You, you want to know that. You, want, you yeah. want to know these things, right? You want, you want to know what was in their past. And right. what's well, funny, one way that you can know really about a person is, is when you see them interact with their family. Interesting. That's very good. Because advice. you don't – when you see people interact with their family, there's – not everyone's acting. 
Right. You know, you can only act for so just like a survivor. You can only act for so long. And your family knows not. They know what an act is. They 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 they, they, they do. So not everyone's not everyone's going to be. Of course, you could be in a big scam, a big setup, and they're trying to get you to marry their son or something. Oof. But that's un, un, unusual. That's horrible. Yeah. So so you can when you meet their family, you really know a lot about, it, especially when you meet their parents. Mm-hmm. You know, you when you meet their parents, the research stage is about learning about other people and understanding. Do I want to get commit to this person? That's what it's about. And how much of that is based on the questions that you ask her, putting her in, or exploring different scenarios together? Well, you learn over time. You learn how they react to you. You Uh learn how they they view the world. And you learn how they, you know, especially with their family. When you see them with their family together, you see how they interact. And like, is this person a genuine person? Is this person going to, you know, be committed to me? Are they going to be... Are they going to open their heart to me? Are they, right. are, they, are they emotionally available for me to be able to not love them, but them love me back? So what are the biggest warning signs in, signs in this phase that would say, look, I've, I really like this girl. You, you probably at this point have a strong emotional connection. Right. And backing out is a very tough thing to do even right. in this phase. So they have, I, I have warning signs for all of them. For like, for the, like the first date, I have a rule that uh, is in my new book. It's called the three-date rule, which means that you should always go with someone on three dates now, if they live in a treehouse or they laugh like a hyena or they won't stop talking about their mother, then it's okay. You don't have to go out with them another time. But in general, you should give someone three dates. And there's a whole reason why I'm not going to now. And those are the warning signs for the first date. Now, the research stage, when you start finding a lot of red flags, don't overlook them. When you see something that's a red flag, you need to put out that red flag warning sign, like warning, warning, warning. There's a TV show back in the 60s called uh, Lost in Space. You ever heard of it? Uh, no. Yeah, I think 1950s, actually. <laughs> it's a little before me. It was really funny. This is back <laughs> before. This is early black and white. It was black and white, I think. Wow. And they had a robot. And the robot go, and these little hands go, warning, warning, warning. That was funny. <laughs> Show my age. Anyway, um, I saw it as reruns, not the original. So, okay. yeah, it was really stupid. Anyway, um, we, so we're in the research stage. So the research stage is about learning about somebody. You said, oh, what are warning signs? Right. You said, don't overlook the red flags. Don't overlook the red flags. So the red flags can, can be anger. Anger is horrible. You, anger is one of the worst things. And one of the things I say is that one of the reasons why people get divorced is because the, the pain that they have from the marriage outweighs the pleasure of what the marriage brings them. That makes sense. Right? So when things get too painful... That's when they get divorced. Mm-hmm. So when you find someone that has a lot of great attributes and they have some red flags, is that enough for you to overcome? Are those red flags, can you handle those red flags because they bring you so much pleasure? Or are those red flags going to cause you too much pain in your life? And how many red, is, is there a number of red flags? Well, a lot of them. I mean, there's, 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 there's. No, I mean, but, but um, should you overlook any of them? Is a red flag no. like over? No, no, because I have red flags. You have red flags. For sure. We all have red flags. The question is how bad are they? And can you handle them at the worst? And can you handle it? Can you handle them at the worst time? So one of the, I tell you, one of the things that I, in my books I mentioned is that one of the best character traits you should be looking for when you marry someone or decide to marry them is there's two of them. One is kindness and one is resiliency because kindness overcomes a lot. If someone's kind, it's unlikely they have anger issues. If someone's kind, it's un- unlikely they'll be jealous. If someone's kind, it's unlikely they're going to, you know, be emotionally disconnected from you. But And the other is resiliency. Re- resiliency is the, is the ability to overcome tough situations. Because you're going to go through tough situations in your marriage. It's a given. If you think, it's, you know what Disney, 
You watch Disney movies? Of course. Yeah, or, 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 or romantic comedies. What is the last scene in any romantic comedy? Um, what, what is it? It's usually the marriage, the wedding, well, yeah, sometimes course. a kiss, sometimes a baby. It depends on which movie you watch. The Happily Ever After. Happily Ever After. Easy romantic part. movie. So what, why is, do they never show the marriage 20, 30, or 40 years later? And then they're going to have to start introducing some flaws. <laughs> because it'd be a murder mystery instead of romantic comedy. Oops. Right? So that's the problem. So you, we, we, we're gr- grown up, especially if you watch Disney movies, that a prince is going to come and take a whisk away in the carriage and we'll be happily ever after. That's when the hard work begins. Wow. Do you know that most people spend more time planning their wedding day than they do their life? I'm not surprised. <laughs> Think about I that. I studied hospitality and events, so I understand. Right, you worked at Sebastian and Vale, right? right? And you had I weddings there? In undergrad. Huh? In undergrad, I studied hospitality as an events you just, major also. You decide to get married. You meet someone. You decide, okay, you've gone through the crush. You've done the research. Okay, no red flags. It's time to commit to them. I'm going to commit to them. Honey, do you want to get married? Oh, yes, I'm going to get married. Oh, when's our wedding be? Oh, we'll get married in June on a Saturday night. We'll go go to this fancy hotel. We'll get the fly. You think about the flowers and the invitations and the band and the caterers and who's in the invitation list, who's in the ABC list, right? And who relatives you're not going to invite? Second cousins are not second cousins. And you have and then you then you have to have like you know the dress. And some people obviously you know, some women have to go to like New York and try and you know get the oh Louboutin shoes and a and a Vera Wang dress and spend more money on the dress and the shoes than some people spend on their wedding, right? It's true, of course. It's true, it's true, totally true. And then they go to the wedding. How long does the wedding last? Four hours. Five hours max. Five hours, Five hours max. They spend more time planning the wedding than they do their life. Wow. And you wonder why so many people get divorced. Wow. Yeah, right? It's crazy. So the person you date is that key towards the dream wedding. Well, this is why not you like, have to have, I, we're, gonna get, we're not going to do today, but the, the four questions you must ask before you get married, which we talked about in the previous podcast, is that you have to have common, common lifelong meaningful goals. You have mm-hmm. to be willing to make them happy the rest of your life. You have to respect them. These are, these are questions you need to ask before you get married. Right. So you're going to, you've done the research and you decide to commit. It's great. You want to get married. It's awesome. Everyone should be married. It's it's an amazing thing when you marry the right person. But of course, what they said, what's the difference between, um, what's the difference between uh, content and finished? What is the difference? When you marry the right person, you're content. When you marry the wrong person, you're finished. Yeah. Okay. I'm sorry. It's complete. 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 What's the difference between complete and finished? What is it? The difference is, when you mar- marry the right person, you're complete. When you marry the wrong person, you're finished. Wow, that's good. Yeah. So once you get to the commitment stage, what's this last phase called never leaving? This is when you've been married for many, many years, and there's no more second guessing. There's no more doubting. You've, you've gotten to the point where, like, you know what? I'm with this person the rest of my life, no matter what happens to me. And that's ultimately what we want to be in. We want to be in a passionate, loving relationship the rest of our life. Absolutely. Yeah. That's the goal. And the ultimate goal. The ultimate goal. But the reason why you need four, I have these four stages of love is because people go into relationships not understanding where they are. They're like, I don't know what's going on. Oh, we're dating. I don't know. We're just having fun, right? And you don't know where you are. Are you still in that crush phase? Are you now really into the research phase where you're trying to decide if you want to commit to this person? One of the good things I see here is the way that they build on each other as a natural progression. 
Right. So it's like, okay, I need to switch to the research phase. I need to no, you can be in both phases at once. It's not like it's, sure. a, it's not like it's a constant. Okay, today I'm done with this crush. Now I'm on the research. Right. It is a is a is a is a transfer of ownership from one stage to the next, and you be in both of them at the same time, but know you're going from one to the other. Exactly. And I think, and I really believe that if you understand these four phases of love, that you will get to the point of never leaving. Especially if you if you understand the know the acid questions before you get married, and and you know give your and open your heart up to other people and, you know, just read the book when it comes out at the end of 2022. <laughs> is there a special amount of time that each phase up until the never I think I, I, I think if you go, if you, I think we have a podcast called Clarify While You're Dating. Mm-hmm. You should listen to that. And the reason, if you know you're dating for marriage, you don't need as long. If, you, if you're dating because you're just having fun, you don't know why you're dating, then you need a lot longer to decide what you're going to do. But you're that's da- the goal. You're looking already Because once you things. find someone that you know checks all the boxes and there's not there's no major red flags you can commit there's no reason why why do people date for two three four five years because they're not actually researching they're not researching they're not committing they're not doing anything like always having fun you know that that leads to poor relationships yeah and data just came out by the way data just came out they said that that women who live with their husbands before they get married have a much higher uh chance of getting divorced because they played the commitment card early. No, th- because it, th- when you when you when you live together, you're not really committing to each other. Mm-hmm. Right, living together is different. When you when you make the commitment, you will do anything to save the marriage. That's true. My roommates Be- can move out anytime. Huh? My, my roommates can move out anytime, anytime you want to. They're roommates. They're not. They're right. not. You're not committed to them. That's the, that's a fake level of commitment. Yeah, because what we're gonna, I just well, and stupid. The idea of marriage, the definition of marriage, is the union of two souls. Mm-hmm. It is not a partnership. So what happens is, who do you love the most? Who do you love the most? Um, I love myself the most. I don't know about you. Okay, yeah, right? Well, you, you really, if you really ask, think about it, you love yourself the most. Yeah. Therefore, when you give yourself a somebody else, you're loving them also because you love yourself. So getting married is about giving yourself to somebody else. It's un, un, uniting of two souls together. I love that. That is beautiful. Yeah. And the feeling of the, that, that is the definition of marriage, but the feeling of marriage is when you feel complete. Wow. You, that, that, that is when you get to never leaving. That's the, feel, the really ultimate you want to, when you, you feel complete in life and you need nothing else. Wow. Okay. That is very, very valuable. Yeah. The four I phases hope. of love, the crush, the research, the commitment phase, and never leaving phase. Stay tuned if you want to ace these for the upcoming book, Never Leaving, the Four Phases of Love. Uh, when's that coming out, Coach? When can uh, I, it depends if I get a publisher or not. Late, late 2022, probably. Okay. So stay tuned. Until then, keep listening to the Fish and Coach Show. Thank you for listening. I'll see you next time.